You're not watching it right. What was going on with Palpatine's son or Palpatine's clone? Wait, this is supposed to be entertaining? I'm kind of bored. No, I'm pretty sure this is the same guy. <laughs> this is awesome! Welcome to the Harmonica Brothers Variety Show. We now join this week's conversation already underway. I'm finally doing something to clear my head when I'm not working on various projects and I'm finally playing video games again regularly on my PS5, <laughs> all my old PS4 games, not old, like games. I, I haven't finished. I've finished like two PS4 games. I finished uh, God of War and Spider-Man. Every other PS4 game I have hasn't been finished. So I'm like restarting Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I'm still finishing Ghost of Tsushima. And like, you did finish Ghost of Tsushima. You just didn't finish it. I finished it, and then I got the, the DLC. I haven't finished yet. I find it fascinating that nobody can say they've finished a video game, or they have to clarify what type of finish they've done. Now, I find that very fascinating in the lexicon of video games, but please continue. Yeah. Well, it's like you could finish the story. You could finish the side content. You could do a platinum finish, and that's like means finish finished. Yeah, but like means achievements. But a lot of games nowadays are always adding new achievements. You know, mm -hmm. you're gonna get that platinum trophy, but then they're gonna add more, and then you can get you can get a, a second, essentially a second platinum trophy, which is what you can get with Ghost of Tsushima. So, like, I'm downloading the the free upgrade of AC Valhalla for PS5, and it's I'm I'm just gonna play it from from scratch from the start because there were glitches when I got when the game came out, and I got the game at launch, and there's like I think like. 10 major patches in the year or the year 18 months since it's come out so it's gonna be like a completely different game apparently that's what i've been i've heard anyway and like the forums and the reddits so uh, is there a noticeable uh graphical upgrade with the ps5 um, version? just from what i've seen yes uh from really? like option menus and the, the start and then we obviously are recording this so i'll, I'll probably play after we're done uh yeah well, I am playing Horizon Forbidden West, which I absolutely love. I'm about 18 hours into it. I don't play through games as fast as you, Sam. It takes me a while. Um, I don't think it. I don't think it takes me much longer than you. I think I just. I think you're. I think you're faster. Like perhaps you didn't. You know, we had that discussion just now about what it means to actually finish a game. But it seems like you put more hours into a game at a faster pace than I do. At least sometimes. Hmm. I don't um, know. I don't know because I think you. You're more likely to stick with one thing. I'm gonna. I'm more likely to hop around. Mm. Okay. Um, well, uh, regardless, uh, Forbidden West is awesome, and I would suggest that you. I know you you weren't as big a fan of Zero Dawn as I was, but I still think it's worth picking up because there's more traversal. Uh, like there's things you got to do underwater. There's a lot of climbing. Um, there's there's like kind of like relic ruins, which there's kind of like puzzles trying to figure out how to complete those puzzles and traversal bro you're tickling your you're, you're scratching my uncharted itch i mean it's yeah yeah it does kind of have that uncharted feel and i think like i said on tuesday when we were gonna play our game and then we didn't because we ended up talking about attack on titan for an hour and a half um yeah, three hours i you know even though there are there there obviously were many science fiction elements in the original game i felt like it i'm only 18 hours into the game uh so about i think it says I'm about 15 or 16% through the game. Um, and I, I feel like already it's kind of taken it up a little bit. Uh, that science fiction element, it's taken it up a, up a notch kind of. Um, mm -hmm. I don't really want to get into details as to why I think that, because I don't want to spoil the game. But it was, it, there, there was a pretty cool moment, I guess, about yeah. 12 hours into the game or something. Um, so yeah, I'm, re I'm really liking that. 
I think what the cool thing about a game like Horizon Zero Dawn, the Horizon series now, because they're probably going to make another one if, like, you are in Engage, if Forbidden West is good, if it's got an open ending. Because Zero Dawn had a kind of ending, like, that if the game didn't do well, it would have been a nice bow if yeah. they didn't do another one. Uh, like, I've gone back and I've looked at it, and I'll probably replay it before I get Forbidden West just to re-familiarize myself with the gameplay and stuff and to see how it gets better. But I like it because it's for those of you who don't know the reveal, there are other things. So it's not big of a, much of a spoiler, but the reveal with horizon zero dawn, for those of you who don't know is that it's like 3000 years into the future after a um, Terminator Skynet style apocalypse, because Wars were being fought by robots, and then robots thought they would could do better, and then they were basically decided, oh, let's use robots to heal the Earth after we release this virus that will destroy everything, because robots figured out how to use, like, organic material to turn them to, to make more robots, so it involved, well, like... Right. I, I don't remember... I, I thought the robots were designed to save the world. The same company that destroyed, that created these robots also created the robots that destroyed the world. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't remember clearly the ins and outs of the entire story. I remembered enough that I'm, I still feel like, you know, I was I was still um, comfortable enough with the plot going into Forbidden West, but I, a lot of the details I don't really remember. And funny because I didn't play it that long ago. I guess I played it about like a year and a half ago, Zero Dawn. But um, John uh, John Boyega was playing a he's on Conan or something. He's on some show, and he was playing Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, uh, for the as a part of the interview. And oh, clueless gamer, Conan's maybe, clueless gamer, maybe. But that uh, would be me for the record. I don't, I don't know if it was Conan or not. But my point is, he sort of makes the point that John Boyega says it's a game you can you can eat, you can play while you eat. You know, because it's got like cinematics, it's got like oh. lore to read, it's got things to explore. So if you can like have like a bowl of cereal or like some spaghetti, something something like that that you can eat while you play, it's sort of a marker. And I th I found. Zero Dawn is one of those games. Most Assassin's Creed games are like that. Um, where it's like, oh, I can listen. I can watch the cinematic. I can like step away from the TV for a second. You That's know? wild. That's wild to think video games have gotten there. There was a time when pausing, we were lucky if we were at a point in the game where we could pause. That well, would be I, the... Because you, you can't back, pause during a boss battle sometimes. Yeah, that's true. But like, you also think back, like pausing during a boss battle is amazing. Is like the greatest superpower of all time. That's a superpower. That's that is. You feel like a god. There was a game I was playing. I I feel like it wasn't that long ago, but for whatever reason, I felt like I actually had to pause it during a boss battle because, like the 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 the, the speed at which I had to hit buttons and stuff was like so taxing that my hand was kind of getting like numb. So I had to like pause it just to like stretch my fingers out and then go back to it because it was so intense. I don't remember what game it was. I'm trying to think of a recent game that was like that for me. And I think it was Ghost of Tsushima because this playthrough I just finished on my PS5, I played it on hard. Right. Right. The I, first time I always played on easy for the story. Then I every time I replay, I I increase the difficulty. And but this time, this time, the first time I played, I started on normal. Now I played on hard. And there are a couple of fights in Ghost Tsushima that you can be over leveled for and still be hard if you don't hit the prompts right. Because you mm. can get real fast. Maybe it's too late at night and you're tired and you don't think you're tired. And there was one like I think it was like 3 a.m. and I just did not want to give up. 
and I paused. I like, I think I like pounded like four Oreos for the sugar. And, and then I just, I played it and I finally beat it on like the 17th try. And in my original playthrough, mm -hmm. it only took four tries to get through it. Um, See, that's why I know like Elden Ring just came out, right? Which I guess is from the same studio um, that yeah. did Dark Souls. There was a lot of like, I, I think there was a lot of excitement about it coming out, but I have, even though I'm intrigued by it, I, ha I have no interest in playing it because I don't like a game that's that hard. I mean, I I, I assume it's it's pretty hard. Yes, it is. Because I just saw uh, RDC World. They did a, a Twitch thing and they were playing it. And these guys were getting so angry, like raging at this game because right. bosses can do one hits or two hits and that's it. And it's hilarious. Uh, that's not fun I for me. So I... So I, uh, we, uh, we were having a conversation. We had to end our D&D game early last night because we, we only had like half the group. Uh, but I was talking to Jason, our, our buddy Jason about this, and he's playing Elden Ring. And he like loves the Demon Souls games, the From Software games. And he made the really interesting point, look, it's a challenge, right? So it's hard. He agrees that the way the game punishes you for dying, and then it's you go like if you go a long stretch without saving, you get fucked, right? So it makes you search and save and search for better gear and what have you. Um, with the, the from software games in general, so like Demon Souls, Dark Souls, uh, Sekiro, and now Elden Ring, uh, it's a kind of game that is very much about skill. It's not about the story. It's an RPG, yes, to a certain extent, but the story isn't there enough. It's about tactics and the gameplay. And I think it, it's it's perfectly okay to play a game like that, I think. You know, like, in the spectrum of one-player games, from gameplay to story, at one end of the spectrum is, is from software games or games by from software, and then at the other end is, like, Telltale, right? where it's very low stakes, it's all about story, and you're, like, moving mm -hmm. the buttons occasionally. Otherwise, you're just making choices. Um, For me, it's all about balance. Like, I will not become skilled enough in a game if I'm not intrigued enough in the story. Yes. Because I just won't be interested in devoting enough time to getting good at the game if there's really no story. Finding out, finding out Elden, Elden Ring is, supposed, is apparently the, the biggest from software game, like, size-wise, in terms of the size of the world. And it was also, a lot of it was written by George R. R. Martin. Um, you know, it's probably going to have an unsatisfying ending, just like Game of Thrones. Hashtag roasted. And uh, but uh, the literally you the starting area, if you finish it like maximum, like finish everything in the starting area, it's 30 hours of gameplay. And then like the rest of the world. So like like that starting area is like five percent of the world or something. And then, like, the rest of the game is massive, and it renders, if you play it on a PS on a strong enough PC, it'll render the whole world if you get to a high enough point and you can see it all. And it's fucking massive. And, like, just seeing it, I would get it just to, like, play it on the easiest mode possible, uh, just to see, like, if there is, like, a, a story, if it's a living, breathing world and not just a From Software game. Uh, I mean, for, you know, speaking of big of big maps, perhaps it's not as big as Elden Rings. I haven't seen the map for Elden Ring, but Forbidden West map is pretty big. And in terms of length, I mean, like I said, I'm only 15% into the game, and I've only I've already played like 18 hours. So going by that, it's probably like a hundred hour game to do everything. I mean, I don't I don't know for sure, but it certainly seems like it's got a lot of content, which is something I'm excited for as well. Yeah, you can play the story of Elden Ring in 30 hours. 
the story, but that means to, to the end credits. But that's like no detours, no deviations. You only die once or you don't you, die at all. But if you like, if you only but how can you only play the story? I assume you have to do all the side quests so that you can level up and even beat yeah. the story boss, right? It's an action RPG, right? Yeah. So like you kind of have to do all that leveling stuff. Yeah. Um okay. I, I recalls if I recall correctly, once you get all the separate DLCs, like it's a massive game. It's probably one of the and it's actually full. It's not like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which was just empty a lot of the time, or just re like the same fucking fetch quests and missions over and over again. Um Has why you have done Red Dead Redemption? Uh the bo both the original or I've played all three actually. I played Red Dead Revolver. And I played Red Dead Redemption, and I've played Red Dead Redemption 2. Red Dead Redemption is the best one by far. Red Dead Redemption 2 is just so, like... I started watching it. The story is good. The story yeah. is good, but there is so fucking much to do. Like, so much side content, but the, all in addition to that, it's so spread out. And the fast mm. travel is tied to, like, carriage rides and train rides. So you have to wait, like, fucking 10 minutes while you're on a train to get and if you don't and you make and you could miss your stop <laughs> <laughs> that's you wild god and uh like it's a quality game and people are still playing it and finding like new things because rockstar, yeah. rockstar does a good job with games but like i don't know man i think like you, you want a big ass world it's got to be it's got to have a reason for it for it to be mm. big what I like that they did in in Forbidden West, which I don't think they had in 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 Zero Dawn. Uh, if well, if I remember correctly, in Zero Dawn, you really couldn't do fast travel very easily until you got like a special backpack or whatever, and then you could do unlimited fast travel. Yeah, um, yeah, it was like until like the middle of the game. Which yeah. I don't know. In in this game, they still have those kind of packs that you have to buy to do fast travel. But if you're at a campfire, then you can go to any other campfire or city or settlement uh, for free cool. without spending that. So I, I don't think they had that in Zero Dawn. And I like that because there's plenty of campfires. So you don't really need to use those other, yeah. uh, other packs. Fast travel does need to be easy. If you have a really big world, mm. you really do need to make fast travel easy. Easy. Yeah, At least once you've discovered a point, it needs to be easy to get back there. Like ghost or is rather, I would say that the the, the uh, exploring should be rewarded, and the higher the level you are, the the it should relate to the level, uh, or sorry, the the reward should relate to the distance you've traveled and the levels uh, that you've earned and things like that. Yeah. Ghost of Tsushima does that pretty well because a lot of it is about like following the birds and doing the side quests and whatever. Oh. I think the the thing with the guy with games that require more and more, if it's not a Call of Duty game, it's gonna need it's gonna be an open world game and it's gonna need fast travel. And I mm. think that fast travel is one of those things where you can actually really judge a game on. And I don't think we and I think we're in a place now in gaming where we can sort of judge that. You take like Ghost of Tsushima or Assassin's Creed, where the the fast travel is very much rooted in it's just to get to get point A to point B. Whereas with Red Dead Redemption, it's about seeing the Vista. And with uh, Horizon, at least with the first game, Horizon Zero Dawn, getting between point A and point B was going to be dangerous. So like paying or hunting or making your life easier with fast to do fast travel uh, was really worth the work, essentially. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be fucking traveling through like a, a field of Thunderjaws 
every fucking time I wanted to go to one place or another. Uh, or like those those weird digger ones or those those uh, those rhinoceros ones, whatever the fuck they're called. Like it can be rough in Horizon. I remember there's one mission where I kept I I kept skipping the mission, but every time I but I die every time and get like and I respawn right back at the mission start. Um, and like basically you have to do this mission to easily cross this area because you get a tool and like the mission opening that will allow you to cross it. So I'm like. Cause there's like some sort of game reserve you have to hunt through or whatever. Like I think more and more you can judge games on these little sort of repetitive gameplay things. Fast travels everywhere. It's in every game now. And it's, and it can be, it doesn't have to be a, a bad thing. Mm -hmm. oh, I, I really can't stand too much repetition in games. Like, like once I've, I've traversed the area, you know, I've had a look at the Vista. I've encountered the enemies that are there. Like I don't need to have to keep traveling over that same distance again one thing that sucks i think is when a game like the the it makes the world available for you and you do all the side content because that's what people do and then there's a bunch of missions in that area and it's just you end up doing mission after mission after mission because there's no side content around like what i liked a lot about assassin's creed up to probably assassin's creed uh not what was the one before unity rogue black flag i should say up to black flag you could do the side content in each individual location and then when you finish this the main story the next location opens up and then you can go back and forth between those ones this is something mm -hmm. Assassin's Creed 2 this is something Assassin's Creed 3 did really well because you had like the starting area you had the front in the frontier and then you also had new york and boston and so as these areas open up there's more and more available to to play with essentially and and if uh, I remember correctly, it also depended on if you had a ship and when you got your ship and with Black all that. Flag, yeah, with Black Flag, yeah. Like there are areas that are like with Black Flag is one of those games where because the game is so massive, it's possible to get places without your ship. You could swim across open ocean, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, it takes forever. Like I think one time <laughs> me and my buddies had a bet going in. This is in high school. And it was like, how fast can you uh, finish or how fast can you get to Cuba to get to the next mission point and you can't, but you can't use your ship. So you had to fucking like swim from the equivalent. You had to swim from like a San Domingue to, uh, to, to, to Havana. And it's Jeez. right. Um, so we just all like put on our video cameras and record and then our shitty cell phone cams and record and send them to a group chat. But I think that... <laughs> I think that like uh, a game like that that opens it up a little bit slower. Valhalla does it does a pretty good job of it. Odyssey did a terrible job of it. Like there was probably about if you only did the main story, there would still be like sixty percent of the map unexplored in in Odyssey, right? Which is why yeah. it, it honestly has no replay value. I have, it's the only Assassin's Creed game I've never replayed, and uh, yeah, and I think that yeah. Uh, that's it. That's my point. <laughs> Not with a bang, but a fizzle. Um, okay. So now before we started recording, uh, you were going to, you were Sam mentioning about how you've gone back to watch attack on Titan because yes. Kai and I spent so long on Tuesday talking about it. Cause Kai finally went back and thought it was, I, I wanted to see what the hype was about. Yeah, uh, my, my little... Understands yeah. why I love this show so much. 
Yes. Uh, I recommended it to my cousin because I thought, hey, it's a shonen that teenagers like. My cousin got really hyped up about it, and I love having stuff to talk about with the young peoples. So because I'm hip and with it, I watched the show, and I have, I have now understood what the hype was about, and I am now... A, a, I'm going. It's so good. I'm going to the source material one day. I, I am already going. I've already gone to the source material. I have five uh, of the colossal editions. There's a sixth one out. The seventh one doesn't come out till September. But um, I mean, it's just the kind of show and the kind of manga that you can reread because there's so much going on. There's so much yes. foreshadowing. Um, what I was going to say is. Um, so you know how, uh, I mean, this is spoilers, but for anybody who hasn't seen the show, uh, like Sam, although we did tell Sam most of the major plot points because <laughs> he wasn't sure if he wanted to go back and watch it. Um, okay, so you know uh, the, the guy who was the Beast Titan before uh, Zeke? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he says that his, he's not very good in, in, in combat or battle or anything. Which yeah. is weird, which is weird, right? Because the Beast Titan seems pretty good in combat. A friend of mine, because we're I'm doing a rewatch with some friends, which is why I'm not fully caught up yet, because we try and watch it uh, whenever we can. Um uh so okay, when Zeke's a little kid in that flashback, right? Mm -hmm. Um when his father comes to him, when Grisha comes to him, Zeke's playing with like a little like toy that looks an awful lot like the Beast Titan. And, yes. and, and, and the guy who was the beast Titan before he says his, you know, like I said, he said his Titan isn't very good in war. Um, I think when he talks about the family he had, there's a, a nut, there's an animal, there's a little stuffed toy there and it's like a little goat or like a little sheep or something. Um, and I, think so I, remember I, that. I haven't read anything about, uh, like, you know, what, 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 what the author was thinking or what other people are thinking, because I don't want to get spoiled. But a friend of mine was saying that maybe like he he maybe like the beast titan before Zeke was like that goat. Like maybe the beast titan is something to do with like how you visualize yourself or imagine yourself or manifest yourself. Because why wouldn't why why would, why would the beast titan before Zeke be so terrible in battle? But Zeke is so amazing. Because it Zeke could just be that he didn't want to admit it. Yeah, but then, but if, why is Zeke playing with a little toy that just happens to look like the Beast Titan? Yeah, I, so I think that that's either the that's either like a cheeky little insert by the um, by the artist, or it was done that way to sort of foreshadow as just like a quick symbol. So it was a well, like, it wouldn't it be foreshadowed. We already know he's the Beast Titan. You're throwing back. This is like a flashback after we know who Zeke is. And Good then point. Uh, okay, mind you, I've caught up. I, so I've caught up to the, the latest okay, so, episode. I'm so, on 83. So I'm just, for me, it's not making sense because it's not fitting in with what I already know. Okay, fair but enough. But here's the thing. I, it still could have some significance as well. Like, I just can't. It's like not knowing whether that piece belongs to the puzzle or not. That's yeah. all it is because there's still so many that are up in the air and it's phenomenal. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. It was just something because it, it's another one of those little things that you pick up. I, I would never have seen it. Well, I saw that Zeke playing with a little thing that looks like the Beast Titan, but I didn't notice the little like goat or sheep like thing uh, to the side when when the when the former Beast Titan was talking. So I don't know. Again, I'm not fully caught up. I'm like enjoying where I so where am I now? I am. I'll probably like move over to Crunchyroll or something to watch it more easily, but Crunchyroll has the dubs now, I think. Yes? Okay, good. Because um, I'm like still on the fence. I want to see if I'm enjoying it enough to pay for it. So I'm just using right. the, the, the free version of Funimation yeah. and Crunchyroll. Um, but it's... The second season is sort of resolving what you had happens in the end of the first season very quickly with with Annie... Uh, or is it Anna? Whatever. No, Annie. Annie. You're right. um, there's, there's Titans in the Walls! It was a very, very Soylent Green moment. Very Soylent Green. Uh, and then there's like, how does this priest of the three, the saints of the three walls know anything? I don't know. Explain that. I guess we're going to learn that at some point. Uh, yeah, I guess we didn't, we didn't cover that information with you. Did yeah. we? Um, I'm enjoying like the intrinsic little bits. I'm enjoying the, the inner workings, the politics of, uh, their society of the, like, you know, like, what is it called? What do they call the three walls? Like, is there a name for it? Uh, three? Each each wall has its own name, and then each no, but there as are a, cities, cities as a, within as a country or a civilization, they don't have a, a name. I don't. They don't have a name. The Marley calls it um, just Paradise Island. Yeah, <laughs> or they're called LD Paradise, Paradise, yeah. or Paradise. because because Zeke is obviously the Beast Titan. I, yeah. I I've been made aware of that, and I know that he will. He essentially like manipulates events or something. Well, his plan, I mean, and now that Kai knows that and knows more, his plan, at least as far as the end of uh, part one of season four is, is to, it's called a euthanization plan. He wants oh, to stop because, uh, as I said, the founding Titan is connected to all Eldians. He wants to work with Aaron um, and uh, alter the uh, body composition of all Eldians so that they can no longer have children because oh, he feels yeah. that he feels that um, once they're gone, there's no reason to hate them. Well, I'm also, he, but he also feels that the Eldians themselves have suffered so much and he just wants yeah. to put an end to so he wants all to this history of Eldians and he essentially, thinks, essentially. Yeah. That's what kind of fucking self-hating bullshit is right. And his dad is an Eldian cause he's Grisha's son. Yeah, but he yep. he he hates Grisha. He's, he's one of these self-hating Eldians. Well, no, he hates Grisha because uh, Grisha forced him to become a, 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 like a warrior, like what they call a Marleyan warrior, so somebody who could inherit one of the nine titans. And he felt like Grisha never, and it's kind of a realization that Grisha comes to later that he never really like cared about Zeke for Zeke. Like he just well, wanted to Zeke to further his own aims. And then when Zeke said, can you, you guys need to stop doing what you're doing because Marlene is on to you. Uh, they're just like, no, we can't. Haven't you listened to anything we say? And the reason he turns in his father is because the guy who was the beast Titan before him says to him, like, you guys, like you guys are done. They're going to ship you off to paradise or paradise, but your only choice is to turn in your parents. And so he does. Yeah. Um, and it's so he, he, he came to view that, that former beast Titan guy he came to view him more as his father than, than he views Grisha as his one father. One of the things I'm interested to see is like, 
how was he convinced of to do that when he was so young? How was he like, cause he's like what a couple, he's like four or five years older than Aaron. Yeah, no. Um, Even older. No, I would say probably about maybe 10 years older. Yeah. And Dina, 10, Dina, 10 yeah. to 12 years older. There's, 10 there's, to, there's things because that think are, about it. He's already like, he already looks like he's 10 or 12 before Grisha even, you know, gets turned into a Titan and heads towards the walls. So uh, the way I consider us is that I, by default, all junior cadet level kids in anime are 12 years old. Deku is 12. The kids in um, Black Clover are 12 because... How old is Naruto? 12. Because that is the standard of entering wizarding, ninja, uh, cadets. How do you explain Satoshi Kachum, a.k.a. Ash? He's 10. Because Pokemon, the Pokemon world is PG. A show like Attack on Titan with the level of detail and depth to it, based on what you guys have told me, and already I'm seeing those seeds of certain things, like why the fuck? Like they've obviously developed, the ODM gear was developed by the Eldians on Paradise Island. Yeah, that's why the Beast Titan doesn't know what it is. And that explains why the Beast Titan, and the Beast Titan being the way he is when he first interacts with that uh, that one scout who like is calling his horse and the beast Titan, like yeah. a horse. Yeah. Right. Like that. Sh and like the guy, he's crushes his hands and then he lets him be eaten. And the beast Titan just watches. First of all, the great way to fucking creep you out. The proportions on some of the Titans are being so fucking skewed. Like the beast Titans, like I'll fucking square with art with like twiggy arms and legs. Like that shit freaks me out. It's unsettling. The imagery is very unsettling. Knowing that, that Zeke, and then obviously Aaron has just defeated Annie as the female Titan. And for me, I'm interested. Okay, there's nine Titans. Every Titan has a purpose. We know of five. There are, we know of five separate Titan Titans now, like the main ones. The Beast Titan, where I been revealed. Titan, yeah. the female Titan, the armor Titan, the colossal Titan, and the uh, attack Titan. So, and knowing they have different purposes is sort of interesting to me. But I'm I'm interested to see like what 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 for what but what are their purposes other than you know they look cool because it'd be interesting to me to know because as someone who's writing fantasy and is trying to lay seeds and have a a big macro view while not losing sight of the intimate story you're writing which is I think the, the case of any creator like did, what was what's the creator of Attack on Titan what's his name uh, Hajime Isayama yeah I think um. He like I'll, I'll actually Google it right now. But when you when he's how do I explain this? The fact that he is he's either had this very very long Hajime Isayama, That's it. This very long view. Did he come up with all the cool shit first, and then just yep. insert random things? And he's like, oh, I'll resolve this later. You know, pay. He does that writer thing that uh, that. Uh, a lot of writers are advised to do is paint yourself into a corner right now that did depends he, did, he, did he have a long view of it and like track out some fucking 2800 years of timeline before i believe that he had it all at least most of it figured out again i haven't done any research onto you know what he was thinking or that kind of stuff because i i never wanted to spoil myself and find out stuff you know that was yeah. still to come um i think he, he had most of it planned out because I mean, 
there's there's so many little things that are teased early on and then you know that 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 foreshadow things that are going to happen later i mean it's hard to really base it on the anime because i think like like the anime was being produced after so much of the manga had already been written so I think they were able to foreshadow things to an even greater extent, maybe. Like, I know for sure in the anime, like, I think it's episode three, where uh, Aaron is talking about, you know, the armor titan and the colossal titan. When he mentions the armor titan, the camera zooms in on Reiner. And mm. like, well, the camera. The, yeah, so, no, 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 I see what you're saying. He fills the frame. Um, I believe it's the same way in the manga as well, when he when Aaron mentions the, the armor titan, uh, the there's a panel with, with Reiner, but I'd have to double check. Um, but there's, there's a lot of things like that, which, which make me think that, you know, things were planned out fairly far in advance. That's interesting to me because like a lot of writers or creators in general will say you either have to be all pants or all plan. Like you're either writing what I see your pants or you're planning it all out. So, yeah, I, that's one of those things where it's like you're getting inside of when you when you see it, you're probably getting inside of Isayama's head a little bit. Um, and I was also going to say, like, are you at, like, are you at the part yet, uh, um, Sam, where they talk about how Annie knew where to find Aaron in that scouting formation? They talked about it. I'm trying to remember what they said. Reiner, Reiner essentially told her when she when he jumped to attack her, he and she grabbed him in his in, in her hand. He sliced into her hand with his blade where Aaron was. So I mean, that's another example of like they already knew Reiner was the armor. Type. Yeah. So that's that explains then that because I didn't know that I they did say though no that's what they said they said that she the the, the female Titan knew because it was Annie. They didn't they that's all they said. Yeah, no, something like that. It was something like that. I, I believe they do make it clear though. Reiner cut into her hand that because he asked, he said, So where's where's Aaron? I had heard he was like here. And then it's Armin who says, like, no, no, I, he's gonna so be he right is, here. I and that's was also um one of these self-hating Eldians from Marley, or is it just Reiner and what's his face? No, they're they're all from they're they're all they're all Eldians. You're yeah. Because there's, yeah, the, I think there's a little bit more to Annie's backstory. Flash my point, but my point is they're all Eldians from Marley, as far well, as I know. I mean, like from where, the, so yeah. Reiner and what? Who's the Colossal Titan? Bertholdt. Bertholdt. Well, Bertholdt were like came from the mainland, and to yeah, so did Annie. Okay, but I there was a flash, but Annie had a flashback in that episode that starts with her. She had there was a flashback from her perspective. Yeah. And her talk, her dad talking to her or something like that. Like as far as I know, again, um, and I, I know she comes back in a, in a later episode. So I expect more, more details about her, but uh, like where I am. Yeah. I don't think she lived in the same area that Reiner and Bertholdt necessarily lived in, but she was part of the same program and was sent for the same purpose. Okay. I got to ask, how do you feel about the genre switching that shows up in the show or that presents itself in the show? Because first you're going from Harry Potter, kids in school training, then you kind of go to Walking Dead territory uh, slash kaiju fights. Then you kind of go into like um, 
what's outside the wall kind of escape the island kind of mentality and then you kind of or or storytelling and then you kind of switch like you go to conspiracy theory what's on across the ocean kind of thing and it kind of keeps switching gears like that how have you guys been uh, i like I, I I actually liked a lot of the the changes that that the, that the show or in the manga underwent. The only change I was a little like took me a while to get used to was the shift was the tonal shift at the beginning of season four, mm. uh, where not only do you jump like five years or four years, but you you're kind of the the characters that you're following kind of change. Aaron kind of becomes the bad guy. Um, it didn't help that there was also you know the change in the animation studio. And yeah. different composer was brought on. It was just and... a bit jarring for mm. me. I, I know the, the 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 character designs aren't like drastically different, but the colors feel a little bit more muted um, in I season four it. compared to the first three seasons. So I think it was all of that kind of hitting at once that was like this takes a bit of getting used to. Plus the opening theme for the first part of season four, I don't really care for. It's okay, but compared to like you know, I, I think my favorite is the is the opening of season two. Yeah. Um, like, I'm not. I'm not loving the. I, well, from what I've seen, I don't love the character designs from season four. Like, just like the way they look. They everyone looks like their eyes are just like fucking in, so overly intense. Like, there's a reason for that, though. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, because shit's depressing as fuck. I'm assuming. Like, what? <laughs> literally I, in war. I yeah. like my favorite thing by far is exploring abandoned shit is my favorite thing i love my favorite subreddit is abandoned porn which is just like shit is abandoned places overgrown with plants or rife with animals like like every like shit out of like every other scene in the last of us how like, is horizon not your favorite game of all time then <laughs> it's so far in the future it's unrecognizable i still enjoy horizon don't get me wrong i just like other games more that's why i love assassin's creed right i love like ancient ancient precursor race shit um I think that uh, another thing that's, but that's my favorite part of, and then my second, my close second is the politics and the inner workings in the military. And like, that's why I like quite, so much better, I, dude. I, I quite enjoyed the, the, the training stuff, like not Aaron's being a piece of shit shown in character. Like <laughs> Aaron, for the majority of the first season is a shown in protagonist. It's not, yeah. shonen, the show is not shown in, but he is a shown in protagonist. And it's a little annoying. And when they finally sort of get to the wider cast, like I care more about fucking Connie than I do about Aaron. Like, let's. <laughs> what's the name of the chick that just like won't stop eating food? Like that shit is annoying as Sasha. Well. Sasha. 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 They gave her a flashback, and that's the scene where she's returning home. And that that's that's something else that will be returned to in season four. Yeah, like I, I was so I surprised about that, dude. I don't yeah. know what's happening and I'm going to I don't want to know and I'm going to watch it when we're done this conversation. Like I am but like that shit like what other than her flashback being where she's like eating raw meat for some reason cuz she's so hungry all the time. Yeah. Like, other than that, I am enjoying that there is a little bit of life to it that it's a it's a, a living breathing world like there are mm -hmm. other characters who have goals who have wants needs desires what have you um the the i i don't know if the manga is written this way but if it is like kudos to isayama and if it's not kudos to the 
the writers of the show. No, no, the manga, like, no, yeah, the, the, the show falls along with the manga pretty, pretty closely. There's a few things that are brought up. I think the manga makes a few things clear. Uh, and the order in which certain events happen is, is sometimes a little different in the manga, but, but otherwise this, the show is pretty faithful. They do a really good job. I was wondering, Kai, what were your thoughts on Irwin? Did you think like, I mean, the more, the more you find out about him, the, the less like of a, like, real stand-up guy he seems to be so the Irwin thing i think that was as as terrible as i think he's a perfect example of the type of nuances this show gives you you get very honorable people who ha are in situations where they have to do questionable things for a greater good and I love characters like that. Yeah, but but his, even though he even though he did have a personal goal attached to it, I still think it was a legitimate goal. Personally, okay. I, I can relate yeah. to that goal. Yeah. So I it wasn't until his big scene that I saw like that that he gets that I didn't real that that one of the, the hard vicious visceral themes of the show starts to make sense and that is the creator's take on war and uh just war theory and on death and war and it's when i see this character doing what he has to do even though he is sacrificing something that he's so close to that's yeah. what really killed it and that's why i really feel for levi later on that's the only connection to levi i have um but but once that hits then i'm like oh now i get what this what this creator has been leading to and now it hits heavier because you've gotten to know this character for so long and then you get to see them have this moment it's just like oh damn that's that's pretty sad and awesome at the same time it's a great feeling when a show can really dig deep and sucker that this is what i love about art um is that it gets the point across very stealthily and it can sucker punch you once it's already infiltrated your your mind once you're already invested then it sneaks around and just you know shanks you in the back with meaning and themes and depth that you weren't prepared for so a lot of respect to that who who would you who do you think do you think they made the right choice in who they saved i mean i don't uh, i think the sh i would be very curious how the show would have played out otherwise <laughs> well no I don't, I don't just mean like like did the creator make the right choice i meant like if 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 you were in that situation, which, which character do you think from an in-world context would have been better to save? Obviously, obviously I would have been with Levi. I would have been with Levi. And I think that I'm kind of, I was kind of curious about, yeah, I'm, I'm with Levi on that one. Just going to leave it at that. Just going to leave it at that. Like, like Levi initially or Levi, the choice he ultimately made? No, because Levi didn't make that choice. He did make that choice. No, he didn't, because he swatted the hand away. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. So Levi yeah. made the choice. Levi made. I'm with Levi. Okay. Okay. That was that was it. Before because, the hand swatted it away. Yes. Okay. 
Sorry, we, we were trying to speak in, in vague terms. Because yes, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> like, you can listen back on this, Sam, after you've watched it. I remember, like, a few things, like... You haven't seen this part. I, I, I was just trying to remember who Irwin was, and I was like, oh, yeah, the guy who's, like, cool and Aryan and always sulking and shit. Like, yeah, and, and who's kind of, like, turns out to be kind of selfish and uh, but yeah. ultimately not I, like I, that's the thing that's what kai was saying like i have i like, have problems with characters who get on my nerves not characters who are self who are full of self-interest well ultimately he's not ultimately he makes the right choice but he certainly seems to have some selfish tendencies like I'm i assuming, really yeah i, was, I really thought his story was going to go in a totally different direction he dies obviously like but it's just a, a question of how yeah well uh, I, I think i did mention even on tuesday but that scene when he leads the charge, that's one of the most powerful scenes in the in the show. Sam, this is why I think that you're really gonna love this, is because when I when I watched when I watched that scene, I could not help but think of every history book I ever read. I think that like uh, my 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 sort of reasoning behind characters to to pivot back is that I don't like I I I go to dislike before I go to like. I will dislike a character before I like, I will know mm -hmm. if I dislike certain characters before I know if I like others. Sasha can be annoying, but it's ultimately enjoyable. I like Mikasa, but she's a little bit too much like anime sword woman for my taste at times. Uh, Armin is better, but the voice actor needs to not be so fucking pitched and voice cracking out every time he talks. Aaron, oh, I don't know what you're talking about because I watched the I watched the Japanese version. So uh, no, that's not, I'm just saying like I don't know the voice you're talking about. Oh, I don't listen uh, to Aaron for me. Aaron's annoying as fuck. He's the least interesting character in the entire show. Uh, everything interesting. He's very he's one of those characters. He's very passive. He's a very passive char main character. He doesn't do a lot. A lot happens to him. <laughs> you know what's interesting that you say this. So in the manga, they do like these like a lot like of fake, fake previews of like up of, of like the next chapter, and they had this one which is supposed to be like if all the if all of these guys were like in school together and they all like fit into different stereotypes in school. I, I know there's also Attack on Titan Junior High, which is something separate. It is a it's kind of just like a two page high. kind of like joke. Is and Aaron Titan is listed so, as is Attack on Titan Junior High canon. No. Okay. Not not unless there's some sort of alternate universe, uh, but um, no. So, anyways, uh, there, there, there's this kind of uh, comedic preview, and it'd be like, what if all the uh, well, if all these Attack on Titan characters were um, like in a school? What kind of person would they be in that school? And Aaron is just nothing in particular. <laughs> that that so like Reiner Reiner is a jock. Uh, Jean is a bully. Uh, I think Irwin is a history teacher. Um, um <laughs> but but yeah er, 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 uh, Aaron is just nothing in particular Hajima yeah. is only 35 years old Hajima came up with this shit in yep. 2009 I think around his, there maybe a bit later but I think it's probably I mean, around um, there yeah he was, he was 22 when he started writing this right it, you think of the concept it's fucking nuts of yeah the hot, what is the concept of Attack on Titan? Walking Dead meets fucking Tom Clancy meets like proto Neon Genesis, Neon Genesis, basically. And it's fucking wild. Like, don't, yeah, what 
Don't let your ideas be ideas. Fucking write that shit down. Absolutely. I would say if if he hadn't if he hadn't you know written such powerful characters and such powerful moments, then I don't think the this story would have worked. I absolutely agree with you, Matt. Well, yeah, like I think you you, that that's the point. Like it's about the I'm referring to the concept, but also like you write, you write, you write, you make it good. You you don't just make it good, but you put your effort into it. Effort and good writing, even if the story is like so like stratospherically high concept, like people are going to buy it, you know, like I want to know if he's a history guy. Because if this guy doesn't have some sort of history major or some political science background, then he is a truly a remarkable individual uh, for for the thematically the concepts uh, that have been woven into the show. Yes and no, I would say not to take away from him, but just to say all of this information he's done, all this work he's done has probably come from like just research. All this information is publicly available. You know, there's so much history that's available online. I think that. Yeah. But I mean, the, the, the depth, it's one thing to do research, but to capture, to capture um, the humanity of the humanity in the struggle, within the struggles of history. I think that's something that very few, like I would consider this a period piece. Um, in terms of the way it's being presented, it's I think it's exceptional when uh, an artist can put the pain of something as as um, encompassing as war, like put a very human face to that, and especially when that's animated, or rather to to express the pain and the human emotions attached to something like war. Um, that is, I think, an exceptional strength of an artist. And that is, he, he nails it, nails it, slam dunk. Uh, especially when, uh, as Sam said, I mean, you've got like, your plot is kind of bonkers and you got giant titans and everything, yet yet so much still resonates, mm-hmm. in the world, even though it's a very, you know, out there kind of fantastical story. 